going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the AT&T Pebble Beach. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Happy belated birthday. Thank you, Kenny. We're back. Another Homa win. Homa's just dominating. We'll get to that in a minute. But before we dive in, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. If you haven't yet done so, head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first 100 bucks. Lots going on over there. There's advantages to be had on weeks like this, Kenny. If you stay on top of it, we, again, we talk back and forth on these pods about it, but there is examples if you go on there that you can play to the course edge. This week, we've got another course rotation. 54-hole cut. There'll be lots of opportunities. So if you haven't got over there, go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Kenny, Homa gets the job done. That was incredible stuff to watch. It was a big week for Homa. I'm just going to recap it quickly, right? First of all, he's mic'd up. That was cool as fuck. I I actually love that shit. I hope they bring more of that to golf. Then he goes on Twitter and dunks on our boy Wiley with the your mama joke. And lastly, he goes on to win the tournament in front of his son, young Cam Homa, great first name with the way golf is going these days, and wins for the first time as a dad, hashtag perspective. So great week overall. I enjoyed the event. It's always good. There's always a good leaderboard at the end of it. Rom played like shit on Sunday at like horrible and still finishes T7. Just all kinds of stuff, man. What were your takeaways from the event and Mr. Max Homa? Well, I mean, a good thing about Homa is this is the third time in a row that I've had him as a cash game cornerstone, and he's won. Uh, so maybe I'm the Homa whisperer. I don't know. I had him as uh, uh, a cash game cornerstone for the Fortinet. I had him for a cash game cornerstone for the Wells Fargo in my neck of the woods last year, and I had him as a cash game cornerstone this past week. Now, this is the first time I bet him uh, as my cash game cornerstone. So it was a really good week. Uh uh, you know, Cascade Cornerstones went four of four. Um, you know, cash lineup went six of six. I'm eight and five now for the year. I uh, need to still go on a little bit of a run and try and get that 70%. GVP is not great. Uh, I had 40%. Uh, Zal, Willie, Willie Z, uh, he missed the cut, but I still only lost about 50% of my GPP bankroll, which is not bad when my highest own guy uh, misses the cut. Uh, it actually worked out. I was a little bit weird when, when I saw Rom's ownership. It's only about 35 to 45% in double ups. I thought it would be a lot more. Um, it still worked out with his uh, top seven out there. And of course I had the winner. Uh, uh, so you know, a solid, solid week. It was a great event. I, I, I know people trash that course sometimes, but I don't know, man. I, I sort of like it. Like the par threes are, are pretty sick. Like the 11th hole, I, the way they have it with that little peninsula on the back right corner where they put the flag on Sundays, that shot's like impossible. Like I, I hit a draw. So, so for me, it's going to be impossible anyways, but like these guys, the last like five, six groups that I saw go through that, everybody was going for the hole and they were sticking it. It was amazing. These guys are so good. Uh, and you know, and at home, I made that par three. I made that birdie on that par three and then Homa made the birdie on 16, which is another impossible par three. Uh, I mean, uh, the iron game was just on point. Um, Sam Ryder, you got to give him some credit. Uh, I mean, he had the lead for what? 63 holes, 65 holes, you know, something like that. I mean, he was first round leader. He had the lead after the second round. He had the lead after the third round. He lost the lead on 14. Uh, when he uh, double bogeyed, right? And then uh, Homa birdied 16, and he was two up, and basically it was over, except for Keegan. Keegan came back, 
Keegan leading the field in strokes game putting, first off, uh, comes back and does his thing. Like, I was a little worried about his weight loss, but I guess it doesn't really matter because he still played really, really well. Uh, fun event, especially when you're winning. Uh, I loved watching it on Saturday. It came down to the wire. Always fun when you have something invested in it. So it was a great week for me. What would you think about any uh, any other things you want to talk about the event? Great, great week. Yeah, I, I was crushing it all week in showdown, like round two, solid, kind of got my money back, but had outs to the top. Round three, same, very solid, you know, deep in like the 200 single entry, something like that, just didn't get over the hump. And then Sunday, or sorry, Saturday, in this case, round four was awesome because the birthday bucks, Kenny, came through. And it was nice because it's a big field. It was like 13,000 people getting second. I did 69 entries. It's impossible to lose when you play 69 (laughs) entries. Everyone says 150, but 69. Side note, the $10 Fantasy Golf World Championship this week is a 69 max. So maybe there's something to it. They followed suit, but it's 2,000 people, max 69. It's always 3% of the top, I believe, is the number. So that's why officially. But I'm going with that story. But it was a great day. And the best part of it, even though it's like a 75K drop, from first being 100K and second, my 25K, I got blown out by like 17 points. He had like the nut optimal, like everything. He had Decky, he had Bradley with the bogey free. He had everybody and I wasn't getting there. So it wasn't like that sense of, oh man, I was so close. I wasn't close. I just yeah. got what second place was and it was a nice day. Rounded up the week, made it a very good week for me and a nice birthday gift. So you other gotta than that, love, you, you got to love Tambo. A whole hum 25k you know what i'm saying like yeah. that's my goal for the year to win one of those man. and, and, and tambo of course the, the buy-ins master, reflected the i gotta master. win a lot more than that on the year yeah. so we, we all yeah. know how that stuff works but yeah. good good start it's been good like the the start of the season feels strong the process is good so gonna keep it rolling i would say everyone says trust the process kenny i say trust the progress because you got you got to see good things happening to know if your shit's working like am i in the right space am i getting close and then it will come. It just, it's a matter of time if you're playing strong. So that's my, my thing always. I can't really get into all the course critiques. I don't play a bunch of golf. I, I don't claim to know any of that stuff. I know DFS. I stick to what I know. It works out pretty well. Other than that, though, the event, like you said, some of the stuff, Morikawa thought he was going to avenge Rom uh. and come back and get him. I mean, first of all, he thought Rom was going to be there. Rom was not. Those two chips he made on that one hole like clicked it up and then again did it like just uncanny stuff you never expect to see from John Rom, who has great hands around the green usually so that was wild uh, nice to see guys like Decky Finau took Finau took till the weekend but then Friday Saturday went off so they'll have a little break now we've got the waste management coming up after this week then Genesis uh, play then, I don't know if it's still called the Honda maybe this is the last year of the Honda deal but I know Honda pulled out eventually so I think this is the last year and then API and lead up but a bunch of great events Got to get through this one, though, first, Kenny. So uh, we, can, we can talk some Listener League if you have oh, nothing a couple, else. A couple, couple of things real quick. Yeah, uh, I, added, I added my first couple of Masters bets oh, okay. for this week. Uh, my, my first couple of futures. Uh, I went ahead and took Tony Finau 25 to 1. Um, you're not going to get a better number than 25 to 1 from now on because he's going to play waste management. He's going to play Riv. He's finished runner-up there both times. Uh, uh, he's finished runner-up at both of those events. Um He's going to have a high finish here sometime soon, and that number's going to drop. Uh, I do not see any, it getting better than 25 to 1 before we get to the Masters. So I went ahead and put my bet in on Tony for 25 to 1. I also, and you know, and, and he's playing like his B, C game and still racking up the top 10s. You know what I'm saying? Like he hasn't really been playing well this season. He's playing okay. His putting has been saving him, but you know, he's still finishing top 10 every event. You know, once everything starts clicking after a few more events, one thing I do like him on, he's gained some weight. 
Uh, I like chubby Finau. I'm a fan. Uh, you know, in golf, you can you can get a little chub going. I, that sounded horrible. Uh, in golf, you can get a little chubby sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It won't fuck up. It won't fuck up your game. You know, it actually probably will keep you from getting injured. It, from what we see, all those muscular guys, they get injured all the fucking time. You know, if you're nice and fat like me, you can go out and swing. You'll be fine. I like chubby uh, Finau. I think he's going to win the Masters. I went ahead and put him 25 to 1. Second bet, Sungjae, 40 to 1. Racking up the top 10s. Uh, 40 to 1 seems like a great number at this point in time, this close to the Masters. Um, for a guy who's just racking up top 10s, has great finishes at Augusta, you know a major's going to come for his ass. Give me 40 to 1 on on, on Finau, so on, on Sungjae. So I added my two first uh, Masters futures bets uh, for this week. And I do have that one Tony Finau bet, top 10 at all the majors this year for 65 to one. Um, so did you not look at adding Homa? I'm just curious. Cause the one bet that everyone on Twitter was running to was add 50 to one was Homa the at Open. the masters because of, like you said, he's going to play Riv. He's going to play events that he's uh, likely to do well at again on top of he just won. So I wasn't no. sure if you rushed to add that one as well. Well, we'll see about Homa at the mass at a majors. He really hasn't performed exceptionally well at any of them yet. Uh, you know, maybe the the PGA or it's U.S. Open. U.S. Open's at L.A. Country Club, which is like his home event, right? He shot like 59 there. He has a course. People record. added them at all. But, yeah, the yeah. main point that people were making out of the gate was Masters because he already just – he's going to win, and then he wins – or, sorry, he's won at the at ribs, so we'll see it again and then go from there. But mm. I was just looking ahead, and I think he's down to, like, stupid number at the U.S. Open now. It's like 25 or 28. Yep. Quick, uh, quick other thing, the Rory. Uh, looking like the best player, Roy and Rom, looking like the best players in the world. They're going to be playing next week and the week after. It's going to be a fun watch. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Patrick Reed cheating again. I, I love Patrick Reed. Okay, you all know this. I'm a fan. I think the sport needs villains. The motherfucker obviously cheated again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what he does, I guess. You know, I mean, like he's a cheater. Uh, but uh, that ball was not his ball. They got stuck in a tree. Uh, and then, you know, he made that run on the back nine. And then Rory had to birdie the last two holes to win against a live guy. These guys can still play. Uh, watching that this morning uh, was fun. Uh, you know, just seeing the drama. That's the biggest story in golf, probably. Uh, those two guys, even bigger than Max winning this past event. Uh, and that's why I want to see these live guys play more against the people either they're not going to go to the PJ tour, the DP world tour. They, I, I don't understand why they just don't let them play uh, because it gives them so much juice. It's sort of like the European tour is okay. Being a feeder system to the PGA tour now. And that just doesn't make any sense. You get these live guys playing every week against, you know, the guys who hate the live guys. That's drama. That's people watching that's eyes on, on the product. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I well, don't some, know what we, we've talked about it in the past. Obviously, some confrontation and stuff would be better. I know it gets blown out of proportion. Like this week, we went from T gate to yeah, tree gate. Yeah, like yeah. first, he flicks the T at him. That was the T gate. Then the tree gate, obviously, the ball not being his. You know, Brandel did the whole thing. Like it's in the first tree. Watch yeah. this. And it can't yeah. be in the third tree. Yeah. And they literally zoned it in and all that. And I, I get it all. I'm just saying without that. But even still, I think the timing of it kind of sucked. Like I woke up to it and it'd been over for two hours this morning so when it happened and the time zones all kind of sucked but i saw like all of our overseas brethren going crazy on twitter because it, it obviously was nuts it went down to the wire i didn't get a chance yeah. to watch the replay of it yet but just to go through it 
in the moment, if you're watching that live, it would have been incredible. Rory needs to make the birdie. On it. I mean, wish it went to the playoff. That would have been nuts. I would have oh almost God, woke yeah. up when we were getting to that. But it, yeah, it was it was pretty much over when I woke up. So just looking at it from that perspective, we need we need that to happen though. At like the Masters, I've been one to say it won't mean much unless it's like a big event like that, where I think everyone else makes a bigger deal of it. I don't think I've said this with the documentary. I don't think when someone watches the documentary where they got lucky in the sense of they were already recording it. And then all the live stuff happened during the production of this documentary. I said that, you know, my point was, I don't think anyone's going to run and say, Oh, I saw those two guys have beef on the documentary. Let me go turn on the masters. But for everybody already tuning in and who loves golf, it has nothing to do with the documentary. We're already going to be loving anything like that. If we got Roy versus raw or sorry, Roy versus Reed down the stretch at Augusta national golf club. Then we're going to be talking with a green jacket on the line, all that stuff. Please let's get that. That that'll be when I agree and, and tune in for that aspect, but I'm watching it either way. So it's not going to affect the average golf fan, in my opinion. Yeah, probably right. I, I mean, it's some, I mean, if you could fill in there or something, you know, I, it's probably more popular than read. You, you probably get a few more eyeballs, but I mean, either way, I, I don't really understand what, what the European tour, why they want to keep these guys out except to just appease the PGA tour mm-hmm. and all the PGA tour is doing for them is hey, you guys, the best guys in your league at the end of the year can come play on the PGA tour. and won't play on your tour anymore. Hooray. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't get it. Anyways, let's move on. Let's go to this week's listener of uh, this past week's listener league. Uh, Fat Toad Thug Life. What a name. Fat, I, I think I've seen him up here before. <clears throat> Fat Toad Thug Life with the winning lineup. He had Sungjae who finished fourth, uh, 15% owned. He had Max, 28% owned in the listener league. Good job, guys. Uh, first place winner, of course, Hideki, who had a nice little run. Someone to keep an eye out. Looks like he's healthy. Looks like the game's coming back. Uh, he finished uh, ninth place. He was 10% owned. Wyndham Clark, um, plus one, finished 37th, 10% owned. Uh, Brendan Steele, he was uh, minus two, finished top 20, uh, 9% owned. And Mr. Consistent, Ben Griffin, just out here, week in and week out, just Making cuts and collecting checks week in and week out. We get a big price jump on him this week. Uh, he finished 31st, 8, 17% owned in, in the fantasy golf generous listener league. So, what do you think of the lineup? Yeah, really solid setup here. Three nine Ks, three seven Ks. So, no ROM, nobody above 10K, no six Ks at all. We kind of did talk about this last week on multiple shows. I'm sure, you talked about it even more after the fact, but the 8K range was definitely nowhere near what the set the 9K was. Like, you had Zalatoris, Thomas. M, Montgomery, Home, Matsuyama versus like Thigala, McNeely, JJ Spawn, Cam Davis. That one isn't really that close. So he took advantage of that and made sense of it here and then found the right 9K guys. And then just some good stuff there. Like look at Wyndham Clark, T37 with 78 and a half DraftKings points versus T20 for Brandon Steele with 10 less DraftKings. We just got to collect those Eagles. You got to get lucky in some spots, have that variance of something like Eagles fall in your favor. But overall, Really strong build. The ownership was spread out. One guy. And, and Homa, by the way, like you said, great call to the Lister League. He was like 21, 20, I think he was like 22% most places. So almost 30 here. A lot more people went with it. You know, your cash game cornerstone was on him. You were on him to win, probably using some of that. So that's huge as well. TK Nation, shout out to them. They've been up there plenty of times. Same with Sweet and Salty. So some other good guys that we know up top. But I got Fat Toad Thug Life into the Tournament of Champions. And we will see him in the three-man this week. Congratulations. Nice. I love it. Uh, yeah, it should have been my third outright of the year. 
fucking Morikawa. Uh, quick quick uh, note, too. Quick note, too. I'm, still not, I'm still not over that. <laughs> Go ahead. Of course not. That's going to take people a while, I think. But like I say, he was trying to avenge it this week, but I don't think anyone was on him either. But uh, quick note on the Lister League. We crushed it last week. Thank you to you guys. We filled the 750 very fast. Even on a short week, we got the job done. So they've left it at 750 for this week. Going to keep it that way until something, unless something changes. So fill it up quickly. It's on my Twitter. The main FG Degenerates one retweets as well. Get on there. Get in the league. It's $5, three max, reduced rake, 500 bucks up top, very balanced. Double your money to last place. And then on top of that, Kenny, they've assured me that at the players, we fill these all the way up. We can get 1,000 at the players. We can fill 1,000 at the players quick enough. We might be able to get 1,250 at the Masters. So again, we're, we're all running in cycles here, but the more we can run this thing up, the better it is for everybody. And it's a great league to hop into every week, a great tournament yeah. with a $5, three max balanced payout structure. Hey, uh, football's over, guys. Join the league now. Hop in. Go water's there, click, click, go join the league right now. All right, so let's get to this week. Uh, the PGA Tour, you know, it heads to, uh, what is it? It heads to California. Uh, stays in California this week for the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, golfers, three different courses. We saw this a couple weeks ago. Pebble Beach Golf Links, Monterey Peninsula Shore Course, and the Spyglass Country Club. Uh, cut won't be until after 54 holes, but the cut for this week, Top 60 and ties, not top 65. Uh, so you'd expect six to six after the weekend or after Saturday to be a little bit less than normal. I mean, even, even uh, what happened when it went from 70 to 65? I mean, it took me forever. To, you know, I was horrible for a while. I just couldn't, couldn't get it. And now we're going down to 60. So just remember that uh, when you're building your lineups this week. Uh, you know, as the name suggests, it's a, it's a pro-am. Uh, probably one of the worst events of the year to watch. Six-hour rounds. Your golfers, you know, really, really have to be patient. One reason you don't see specific type of golfers here, mostly quick-playing golfers, is because they don't want to deal with this bullshit. Uh, you know, it's just a test. It's a test of patience. And I think one reason, I think for me personally, I look more at course history and events like this because, you know, guys who are used to playing this event – playing six-hour rounds with their partner. Uh, you know, it's something that they're used to, something that I guess they enjoy because they come back and play every year. Uh, and a lot. And some guys, you know, play this event really, really strong year in and year out. Uh, so, you know, I believe in the course history factor for this event. Um, now, uh, just a couple of trends uh, before we get into, um, uh, get into the thing, get into the uh, main part of, the course now these trends are from last year i didn't get to update them for this year yet i was a little bit busy at work so these are from last year but still they're pretty you know basic trends for this event uh only one golfer has won here in their maiden start since 1950 uh 10 of the last 13 winners uh had a top 10 here in one of their last three appearances before the win like i said experience key uh weather of course always could play a factor um you know, uh, Pebble and Monterey both hug the shoreline, making windy conditions a distinct possibility. Uh, do I worry less about, uh, you know, golfers in Monterey during windy conditions? Because of course, it's a lot easier. Uh, you know, like if you go back in the past, 2014 Pebble Beach was the seventh most difficult course on tour. In 2015, Pebble Beach was the 45th most difficult course on tour. That's all wind weather related so make sure you check that uh before you get in to making your lineups this week all right let's get to the courses pebble beach golf links 
classic course, 6,850-yard, 6, par 72, four par threes, four par fives. Two of the par fives reachable by all. One won't be reachable by hardly anybody. That's 14. And one is reachable for the longer hitters. That's 18. Uh, the course hugs the coastline, making for breathtaking views, but also, you know, brutal conditions if the wind blows. Uh, off the tee golfers will see fairways that are above average in size with bunkers guarding the landing zones. Since this is a pro-am, I don't expect the rough to be too tall on any of the three courses, uh, but a lot of rough around the fairways, uh, a lot of the times the rough around these fairways aren't evenly mowed which could lead to golfers, you know, you know, bad, tricky lies, patchy type lies uh, when it comes to the rough uh, around the fairway. If golfers miss wildly, uh, you know, OB comes into places nearly half the holes sit alongside the Pacific Ocean. Uh, on approach shots, golfers see tiny, tiny, tiny greens with just a bit of undulation and slope. The greens usually aren't like crazy fast here, 10 and a half, 11 on the stimp. Lots of bunkers, false fronts, uh, you know, surround the green. Uh, and once again, they're going to have to deal with bumpy POA greens for every single round of this event. All three courses use POA. Uh, check your check your little um, model to see, you know, who the best POA putters are. Uh, Spyglass, 7,000 yard, par 72, four par threes, four par fives. All the par fives should be reachable in two by most. Uh, plus 17 is a reachable par four. Uh, sometimes this plays as the most difficult course, you know, in this rotation. It's between here and um, and Pebble. Uh, it, it rotates a lot. A lot of the times it has to do with weather. When the weather's really, really bad, um, Pebble will play harder. Uh, if the weather's really, really nice, Spyglass will play just a little bit tougher. I, I usually over the years, sometimes that changes, but it's usually pretty close between Pebble and Spyglass. Uh, the first five holes are played, you know, along coastal sand dunes. And after the fifth hole, the course moves majority inland. Um, lots more trees protecting this course. You're going to have a little bit more blockage from the wind. So like I said, the wind blows, Pebble harder. If the wind doesn't blow, Spyglass touch harder, in my opinion. Uh, off the tee golfers will see average-sized fairways, just a few fairway bunkers to deal with. Uh, if golfers are wild off the tee, they're going to have to deal with trees, a little bit of water. Uh, on approach shots, they're going to see larger greens than Pebble Beach, uh, but the greens have a lot more slope and a lot more undulation. Uh, Monterey Peninsula Shore Course is a, you know, 7,000-yard par 71, five par threes, four par fives, easiest out of the three courses. Uh, the fairways are above average in size, and the greens are the largest of the three. Uh, golfers need to avoid bunkers, sand dunes, and the ocean to play well this week. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers? Yeah, stats-wise, a lot of what we talked about, I think the bigger thing is uh, what I'm always going to look at strategy-wise is stuff to do with this weather, wind advantages. We'll see if we get any as the week goes on. Again, a first look here, but with the three courses, 54-hole cut can be a little bit more aggressive, right? You're getting those three rounds. The 60 in ties makes it tough, but that's also – also, Kenny, to me, almost more reason to get after it because if you get there, it's already a tight window to fit within or a tighter window than usual. So there's that. And then also just like the um, the course rotations, right? Like you said, usually if it's harder weather, Pebble Beach on Saturday has been the course you want to play just if, if the weather's bad because that's kind of the setup that you'll get. So again, we'll wait on weather. Courses, you'll hear it all week to talk, you know, short knockers, guys like that can get it around. The odds have been you know, I think uh, Ron Kloss at PGA Splits 101 posted a nice little trends piece with uh, the, the past winners as well. And he's posted today and I think it was like seven long shots and then like two mid tier and four 
decent, like like short numbers. So like just the way looking at it from that, you're not going to gain much out of that. I'm not a big course history guy ever, Kenny, but you brought it up. It's not really just the course history that's so legit with some of these guys here. It's like you said, it's almost course fit mixed with pro-am ability to be able to like, you know, you know uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Kevin Streelman, right? Cough, cough, Kevin Streelman. You see him with, what, who's he play with? Larry Fitz? Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. Yeah, so like you had that for so long. And some of these guys just have good history from way back in the day, like Jimmy Walker. We'll talk about him later. He got 13th this past week. He was actually in my lineup in round four that did well for me. Uh, his past history here was incredible. But what we've seen of Jimmy Walker lately, obviously not that great. Then you look at a guy like Jordan Spieth, though, second, third, ninth, the win back in 17, all that stuff. So uh, really just focus on strategy side of things when it comes down to it. Like you said, the 60 in ties does make quite a big difference for me. But just in general, um, not too much else here, man, to get into before we hop into these tiers. Let's get to the tiers, Tam. Go ahead and start in this 10K range. Yeah, just talked about Spieth up top. We've got Tom Hoagie and up, obviously, Tom Hoagie getting the job done here last year. So you look at it from that perspective. but. Uh, for me, it's probably a, a mix of these guys up top. I do think this is a stronger range than when we move down. And when you get to the 9Ks, it's pretty uncomfortable, Kenny. We've got, you know, Denny McCarthy, Matt Kuchar, Justin Rose. Putnam is 9,700. Hoagie's a little bit tougher to get to because of the same reason. Obviously played the course here well. Uh, before last year, he had a 12th. He's playing decent golf right now. But for me, it's going to be more focused on these three guys at the top. Matty Fitz is the one that stands out the most when you look at him. He'll probably be popular, but just looking at it, Six last year changed his game quite a bit. I think we 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 know what he did. He added some length. All that. It's not that he needs that stuff here, but just all around game and as a player overall, he's been much better. I think you're going to like him. You mentioned him earlier to me. And then one quick side note: the U.S. Amateur that was held here in 2018, Mr. Victor Hovland took down Devin Bling in the 36 hole affair. So it's something to note. He's got you know even looking back, like he's 38. He did play it in 2020, but Hovland's the guy we haven't seen for a minute. That's up here as well. And he's squeezed between Fitzpatrick, who I think becomes popular, and Spieth, who's going to be popular because his history is insane. Top tens the last three years and a win, seventh in the two, two years before that, and then seventh, fourth, 21st, 20th, just a bunch of great finishes. Stats-wise, looks fine as well. So the main ones for me are the three at the top, and then not going to be as high on Hoagie or the guys in the 9K range when we get there. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm plugging in my upside for my cash game cornerstones in this range. I'm yeah. going Spieth and Fitz to start my cash lineup and they'll be my first two cash game cornerstones. Um, you could do that. The pricing is not bad. Uh, the lower seven K range has a fair amount of solid golfers in it. I hate the six K range again. Uh, so I am not going to have a six K guy in my cash lineup again. Uh, worked out last week. Hopefully it works this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Jordan. Of course, course history is there. Uh, last time we saw him, we did pull a, a full Keegan, uh, but you know I'll forgive him for that. Going to a course that is extremely comfortable with uh, Fitzpatrick, like you said, finished sixth last year, raking off these top tens, top twenties um, for the last you know six months, seven months. Uh, he, you know he, that's just what he's been doing. Um, and of course, is sixth place last year. I like both of those guys. I think both of those guys can win. I'm not going to bet them because uh, of the numbers, but uh, you know I like them both in cash. Uh, GPPs, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if I'll play anybody else in this range uh, in GPPs. If I do, it'll be Hovland. Uh, yeah. We'll have to see what his ownership is, if it's low, because he's penciled in in between two of the chalkier guys. Uh, then, you know, it's probably going to be him. But for now, I am not sure if I want to play another uh, 10K guy. We will see. Let's move down to the 9K. And I, you know, the name recognition isn't there. 
the talent level isn't there compared to the top guys, but these guys are pretty good. Uh, I like Maverick McNeely uh, a, a lot this week. Uh, I bet him at, I think, 22 to 1, 25 to 1. I think a win's going to come for him. And this is, of course, where, you know, he's had success, um, uh, you know, uh, always better on short greens, uh, smaller greens. Poa is his best putting surface. Uh, I, I like uh, Mav down here. I like Seamus uh, as well. Another guy who's played well in the past. I'm thinking about betting him at 25 to one. Also, I haven't made that bet yet. If I, I, I filled out the majority of my card, but I have room for one more bet. Uh, if I do, it's going to be Seamus uh, at 25 to one. You just, uh, you know, you look at his numbers. It's not the best, you know, his iron game hasn't been great. But he just plays this course so well. And the thing is, he's really good with his wedges. You're going to see a lot of wedge play here. From 100 to 150, it's going to be like the majority of all of your approach shots. Uh, so so I like power. Who do you like in this range? Yeah, definitely like power. I mean, on him, I know it'll be popular, but just looking at it, like I said, 938, the stats, whatever you'll see, we'll talk about it in some other categories. I got a guy here coming up in a second, but – just looking at the, the results too. And like, he he didn't play that good in his recent events and came 25th, 20th before that third, uh, fifth, third, first, like the guy definitely has the upside. And he's a guy that at least I feel comfortable in this range with that price tag. Matt McNeely almost got the win here. If you remember a couple of years back against it ended up being burger, speaking of which a guy that we were you know, still waiting on him. He's given, he's given some updates, but not much when it relates to golf, but at least he's alive, which is good to see. I'm not sure what Daniel Berger's plan is. I did hear today, again, don't know, don't want to speculate or care that much, honestly, but that Liv is going to announce some more names. I know they just dropped their schedule, but they're going to drop some more names here soon, it sounds like, so who knows? But I haven't heard much out of Daniel Berger, so it's interesting. Obviously, last time we saw him before the recent events, he was chilling with DJ and Paulina having drinks yeah. long after DJ had already moved on. So I mean, you you got to think, if he gets in, he gets injured a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, guys who get injured a lot, should definitely think hard of taking that money from Lynn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I, I no, no politics involved. It's just like you said, sometimes yeah. it's better for you. It's like someone yeah. said, um, they're not professional golfers. You could say they're not competitive golfers is more relevant. Like maybe they don't, it's not a big competition. Now they're all paid, but they're definitely the, the definition of professional golfers playing for the money. And that's what they're doing. They're still making money. They they're playing golf for a living, making cash, obviously. So uh, I, he may be better off to take that. Maybe that's what he'll do. We'll see. But bringing it back, McNeely still looks good, right? Again, you won't see the best stuff from him on the numbers, but 30 sec- 33rd, second, fifth here, 31st, seventh in his last two starts. At least he makes sense up in this range. I got a hard time with like Rose, Kuchar, even McCarthy. Now, McCarthy interests me a little bit just because it can turn in sometimes, Kenny, to a bit of a putting contest, and if that happens, you, you could definitely see where, where McCarthy just goes wild with that stuff. So he would be an interesting tournament play for me. And then I'm not sure how popular my guy Keith Mitchell will get. But, you know, I always back him. I always play him. He's 12th year last year, 32nd, two years before that, coming in off of a 22nd place. And then on top of it, the funny thing is, Kenny, you go to the numbers, and this is where I'm saying your models. I love it earlier. You called it your little model, like you're mocking everyone. We, we look at them too. Your little model will tell you that in the last 50 rounds, Keith Mitchell is third tee to green after your two top cash game cornerstones in Jordan Spieth and Matthew Fitzpatrick, which is still interesting because I always do the deep dive and like 12 or 13, I think it's like 14 of the rounds are pretty recent still. So I know it's not of the, it's not the majority, but those are the good rounds that you're seeing the highest tee to green numbers in. So he's kind of dialed right now. He's just to do a little bit more at 9,100. I've got interest in him, especially because I think Joel Damon coming off the sixth here last year and everyone likes it. Our, our boy, 
I'm going to ring Bearoff up a couple times today. I got one for him later. He had a great tweet this week, but uh, and I'll elaborate on it after. But he did say today, are, are all you really that excited to play a guy who hasn't picked up a club in 11 weeks? We don't know for sure if he's picked one up, but it is funny. Everyone rushes to bet Joel Damon. We, we don't even know what the, I mean, he had a kid, I believe. I, I don't know. We don't know exactly, but that's why people want to go to him, I guess, because Max Homa winning as the new dad. Got to have that nappy factor. So I, I don't know. I could play some Damon, but I like those other guys. A lot better. That's why I brought that if up. If I was going to pick somebody else up there in the nine, can I go Putnam? Uh, another guy who's, who, who's, you know, I, I mean, he's been playing well enough where he can win, I think. Uh, I don't know if I'll bet him, but, I mean, the guy's been playing for, like, you know, the fall swing, and for now he's been playing really, really good golf. What was his uh, odds, I, man? I thought I saw, like, 25 to 1. I just yeah, kinda... I think I think it was, like, 30 or something, 35. Okay. Maybe I saw DK. I'm not sure. I mean, it's you're not going to get the best numbers because this court's, this, you know, the, the talent in this field is not the greatest, uh, you know, I mean, they're talented golfers. It's just, you've seen better fields probably for every other event this season so far uh, this year. So you're going to get some shitty numbers on these guys. I mean, I, you know, when I, when I clicked Maverick at 22 to one, I almost threw up in my mouth uh, a little bit, but I think he can win. So, you know, fuck it. I, I'll put the number down. Uh, let's go down to this 8k range. I like Detry a lot, you know, really good on, sh- on shorter courses. Uh, I think he's like top 10, uh, you know, in strokes gain total in courses like in the last like 50 rounds, uh, in courses shorter than like 7,200 yards. Uh, so I'll take Detry. I'm always a big Alex Smalley fan. Uh, and he rates out really well uh, in the model, of course. I mean, everything is just top 10, top 20. Uh, give me a little bit of Alex Smalley uh, this week. Taylor Moore down here. I like this AK range. Taylor Moore is another guy who can get out there. Who's shown that he's he's I think he had a pretty good finish here last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh top 20, I think. Um 16th, yep. 16th, right? And then you know, he's he's above average in basically everything I'm looking for. Uh and, and that's rare once you get down to this level. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So 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 I like him. And then you got big Ben Griffin. Uh really big price jump, about thirteen hundred dollars. But the guy's is making every cut, but you know, I, he hasn't really had the highest finishes. Do you play Ben? I'm playing Ben, yeah. You're playing Ben? Yeah, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking about it too. Who do you like? Uh I was just looking up one thing here. I was trying to see uh Big Ben Griffin you talked about. I'm not sure the size on him, but yeah, Big Ben Griffin, good nickname. I like it. it I, I like this. Yeah, I like this range though. <laughs> Speaking of you talk Big Ben Griffin. I you you mentioned my guy I go from the opposite of big is small, Alex Smalley. I've been on him all season so far, I'm yep. going to stick with them. That's why, like I said, I can bypass a bunch of those 9K guys here. I did This is opposite of last week. I like my guys there, but I don't think it's like, blow me away. I need this 9K range over this 8K range. I think they're all the same dude. I'm going to stick with my guy, Taylor Pendrith. I'm going to stick with Thomas Dietrich, Smalley, Griffin, Burmeester, Lipsky's my guy. I like him. I guess that's Nick, the majority. Nick, Nick Taylor, this is a Nick Taylor course. That's Yeah, he won here, at. obviously, 2020, yep. 14th last year. He looks good. To, I don't know, Mullinex, I've heard some love. I'm not going to play all these guys. I'm just saying, like, this range appeals to me much more than the 9K where I'm comfortable. If I just play the three guys up top, pick three or four in the 9K, I can blast this range because I'm telling you right now, you know, spoiler alert, not going to be, be many guys in that 6K range, not cash or GPP. I just I don't like enough of them or see much with any of them. And we have, again, such a huge 7K range that how many guys do we got in the 7Ks? We're about to go there. We got 42 guys in there like you can easily pick your 15 20 round out your pool and then hope you've got the mix that's proper so yeah not much for me but i do like this 8k range quite a bit kenny i think evr could be a sleeper someone who's not very highly owned um you know his iron game's great the worst part of his game is of course his driver 
you don't have to use driver all the time uh, at, at this course. Uh, the only problem is when he does, if he misses bad, shit could go fucking anywhere, like into the middle of the goddamn Pacific Ocean. Uh, something to worry about. Uh, but the, I think I think the upside's there. And you know, he wears joggers. We saw the jogger narrative last week. I, 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 I what do you think of that? I can't wear that. I feel like my ankles will get cold. Yeah, no, I, I get like that's not. Cold. You also got to have that look. Like EBR and Ryder fit. They're like tall, slender dudes yeah. that can pull that off. It ain't gonna work for me, but. I will say this: the Phil Mickelson came back to Twitter. Phil, the, okay, the Phil yeah. Mickelson tweet. I just said Phil came back to Twitter, and the Phil Mickelson tweet was like, you know, kind of a, a shot that they can wear. You know, they can't wear shorts, but they can wear these ankle biters on TV and all this stuff. So I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny seeing Phil back. He was making fun of how uh, you know Rory was on over at the the Saudi event and all this stuff. Like I, I don't know. It was just a lot of back and forth. So love Phil when he's on Twitter. At least that makes it good. But not not much else on EBR for me. Uh, I'll let you take that sleeper one. I'll, I'll probably skip that one. Let's go to the seven K range. A couple of guys that I like Robbie Shelton. Really really good short game. Having a good short game is important. The greener regulation percentage here is very very low. Uh, there's going to be missed greens. You are going that's what, at Pebble at Pebble. Uh, you're going to need to have to get it up and down. Uh, a good amount. Uh, Shelton's definitely good uh, with his wedges right around the greens. He's solid. S.H. Uh, Kim, another guy that I'll play. His short game hasn't been the best since he's been on tour, but that's what he was known for on the Corn Ferry Tour, his short game and his putting. Uh, maybe that could come back to a little bit of fruition. He played well last year, last week, and, of course, I didn't think it would suit him. Uh, you know, he's not exceptionally long off the tee. Uh, and he was, you know, inside the top 10 until Sunday or until Saturday, uh, I think, before he dropped out and uh, had a pretty poor round. Uh, but I can get in touch. I, I like him. Uh, uh, who else? I'm thinking about Lanto. I mean, he looked decent last week on his way back. I mean, you sort of want to get back. You know, he used to be somebody that you think about rostering week in and week out before his injury. Uh, you know, he played decent last week. Uh, I could go for another shot. You always want to try and go early on guys like this. So I can go back on Lanto. Who do you like in the top range before we get to the bottom? A lot of my guys that I always play, I like Davis Riley. I like Will Gordon still. I mean, he solid, solid history somewhat, you know, and solid stats, but he hasn't been great the last couple of weeks, but I think he does stand out still. I like him. He played here at that USAM that Victor won as well. So it's just interesting. I think he made the elite eight or whatever you want to call it. There kind of got down to the final eight Riley as well. Should note, same thing. He was in that final eight also. So a couple guys for that note, but I like your Shelton call. I like Nick Hardy, Scott Stallings, and then maybe some Kirk Kitayama. That's kind of where it looks like from right now. So on the lower half, I've got two of my last, my two last cash game cornerstones. First is Russell Knox uh, at $7,500. Um, you know, course history, great. Uh, he's making a ton of cuts here recently. Um, Stat-wise, he's first in 100 to 100, approximately from 100, 125, and second from 125 to 150 in the last 50 rounds. Uh, you know, like I said, this is a wedge fest. That's probably why he plays so well at this event. Give me uh, Russell Knox as my third cash game cornerstone. My final cash game cornerstone is going to be Troy Merritt, another course history type guy. The stats aren't going to line it up, but the guy plays well at this course. He plays well at Birdie Fest. Uh, go ahead. He has the upside to get, you know, for a top 10 finish uh, at this event at $7,200. Uh, give me a little bit of Troy Merritt. So my cash game cornerstones for this week, they're going to be Jordan Spieth at 10,800, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 10,100, Russell Knox at 7,500, and um, 
I forgot my Troy Merritt, 7,200. Uh, those are going to be my four cash game cornerstones. Leaves you 14,600 to finish out the rest of your lineup. Other guys I do like down here in this range. I do like uh, Callum Town. Uh, Callum Terran, uh, decent play last week. Iron game, always strong, makes a lot of birdies. Short game is solid. So give me a little bit of him. Uh, beefy Bo Hostler, uh, you know, another guy who played well here in the past. I think he was in the final group on a Sunday, either last year or the year before. Yeah, he got uh, third you know, last year. He got third yeah, last year. Yeah, there you go. And so, you know, he knows how to putt on POA. Um, after that, it's it's pretty dry for me, Tambo. Who do you like in this lower seven? You stole my shit though, because I was about to respond when you said Big Ben Griffin. I was gonna take it and say actually it's Big Bo Hostler because same height, a uh, lot more poundage if you look it up. Beefy, so, beef, beefy bow. Beefy bow sounds better. So I like that one, but I do like him. Four of his last five made cuts here. Stats are solid, can do it. And he got third last year, so you gotta like that. Joey B. Bramlin. I was calling him Joey B last week. He's the 13th. He might, I don't know what's better. Like 13th is not a win. So you can't maybe say better than Burrow, but Burrow obviously not a good ending to his season going out in the championship there before the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks. So maybe also, Joey B. Bramley. Idiot. Number 59 and number 58 for the Bengals. Uh, give him a break. What man. a fucking moron. Bad, bro. bad timing, but yes, uh, you know, a legit penalty moron. at the end there. I mean, the of course, of the I game, had money on the Bengals. That's the only reason I'm angry. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I like Joey B. Bramlett. I like my guy, Matthew Neesmith. Grayson Sig, another one that popped for me. I think he's I good. Go with Sig. I can go with Sig. Yeah, Sig is good. I bet him. I'll talk about him after. Uh, Justin Suh, Callum Taron. Who else in this range? There was somebody you know, else Justin Suh quietly been making like every cut yeah finishing like 55th but like you know i think last week he finished a little bit higher he's making every cut yeah and it only takes one of those weeks like we talk about all the time sometimes that 55th looks so horrible on paper there can be scoring that goes with it at a course like this too it's like you got to realize sometimes it's two or three strokes and that's a 25th or a 22nd and then you're saying something completely different over two or three strokes so i agree with you on that one a couple other guys ben taylor 7,200, another Ben. The Bens have been coming out every year. Last year was the Cams, and you got different guys. This is the Bens, Ben Griffin, Ben Taylor. Can go to those dudes. Ke- Kevin Streelman. Got to name my kid like Cameron Benjamin Kim. <laughs> yeah, that's both. actually great. I like that call. Get all the mixed into one. And then uh, Kevin Streelman, you talked about six, six of his last seven made cuts. 13th, 2nd, 7th, 6th, 14th, 17th. Nothing worse than a 17th in the six made cuts here. Last seven times he's played it, so... Uh, do with that what you will. I'm not a course history guy, but that something about that is just the comfortability and all that. You can throw them out there at 7,100 if you want. Anybody else for you in this 7K range and above? There's, you know, some guys. Eric Barnes came through last week. It was all putter. I will say that, but he did come through at 6,300. Now he's up to 7K. Anybody else here that you could Trouble go with? Hubbard, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Hubbard. I mean, the numbers are there, but he hasn't been playing very well. Uh, here recently i mean just looking at the stats it seems like oh he should play him but he hasn't been great i don't know uh i mean Sam he, stevens if, i think played pretty good last week too i had him in some stuff he came t13 yeah he uh, did play well last week somebody mm-hmm. else there that's different uh, carl Wan. we've been playing dylan fratelli we've been playing like those guys you could play if you wanted but i, I prefer the other guys we talked about more yeah when we go six k's i only six k i only got a couple jimmy right. walker uh played well last week plays well here Old guy, this is an old guy course. You don't have to bomb it out there. Uh, maybe you can make a little bit of a some noise. Malnati had a top 20 last year. Uh, last week, his iron game was really, really good. And everyone knows Malnati is you know, a putter. If his iron game stays the same, they can putt better uh, this week. I mean, shit, another top 20 is not out of the question. 
Uh, give me Malnati. Uh, Ryan Armour, short courses, coastal courses. You just play him. Um, I don't know. Other than that, maybe Brian Stewart, because you always play Brian Stewart when you play Ryan Armour. Uh, Brian Stewart's one of the best uh, uh, putters on POA uh, in this field in the last 50. That's about it, brother. What do you got? Yeah, I deleted some of those guys you said already. I already got them off the sheet early on day one. That tells you where I'm at. But I don't know. I guess it's just as bad. Like Hadley showed up. Hadley and um, Jimmy Walker had older history. So I kind of like that. Even though it's a little bit older, Jimmy Walker showed up recently, played well. Hadley has not been playing well, but he's got some decent history here in the past. Maybe he could pop. Uh, who else did I have here? Eric Cole, Mayo's guy. I, I didn't play him any of the weeks earlier. I went off him with him last week. I wasn't on the show, but played Barnes. He liked him too, and, and he worked out solid. But maybe go back to Eric Cole so I don't hate him. Peter Malnati, who you mentioned up there, is fine. Ben Martin. I, I mean, these guys are just not guys I'm interested in. The one thing I want, I said I would bring this up and we'll round it out with this, but Baroff, again, our resident villain, Ryan Baroff. This guy's hilarious. He posted, <laughs> he really got James Hahn bad. I'm not sure if you saw the tweet. James Hahn tries yeah. to always like stick up for live and say something. And then he was like, listen, James, they don't want you. Only Timothy Frank at fantasy Golfman, another great follow on Twitter. He says, only he is a fan of yours. Like nobody else wants you. And James Hahn did not respond. He used to dunk on people, but I thought it was an incredible tweet because either James Hahn just wants the bag so damn bad, not a bag of chips. We know he doesn't want to meet in those chips, but he wants the bag of money from live or he's injured. And needs to collect that money fast or owes money yeah. or maybe he's down bad. I don't he's know. He's withdrawn a couple of times here recently, why, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he's got to be something going on with him because yeah. why does he try? He, he does this all the time with his tweets. Like he's got like at least three or four of them where he's trying to like stick up for them and get on their side. So I'm not sure what James Hahn has going on or what he needs, but man, he he was getting crushed by Bearoff last week. That was a good tweet. From you say him. anything about live on Twitter, you're going to get crushed. Doesn't I fucking it. matter. I, I thought it was yeah, hilarious. A- anything else here down in this range before we go to bed? Nah. One and done. Uh, one and done last week. I had Homa. Uh, oh, moved thanks. in. Moved, moved into 40th place uh, in the Mayo Cup very early. 30 the more we joke about left. it, it might come I, true. We might I have know, to cut things so, off. So, I mean, at this point in time, if you're that high up, just pick the good players. So, I'm going Spieth or Mav. Okay. That's funny. That's the guys I originally had teed up, but I, I'm so bad at it. So, last week, I used Ramen 1 just to try and keep them going, and then I used Willie Z. Because I was like, where am I saving Willie for? You know, I already don't like the guy that much. I was like, at least it's a spot. He literally was in a playoff last year. What happens? He blew it on uh, the round the round two there. So I don't know who I would use here, man. Like, again, I don't know where I'd be saving Matty Fitz for. Maybe I could just pull the, the trigger on him. You could use him places. People are going to tell you, oh, there's angles. You could use him here, there. You can use him anywhere. I'm just saying I think it's a good fit for him. And it's a weak field. And I think he's really better than a lot of these guys in it. So Spieth, if you wanted to use him, Mav, Fitzpatrick. I don't know. And then it'd be like taking a shot, Kenny, on some of these guys down below. I don't really like taking a shot here, even though you can get some outsiders winning. I, I prefer to have those guys and just collect as much cash as possible and hope they hit the top. What do you got for bets? All right. For bets this week, I got Nav at 22 to one. Uh, ben Griffin, 65 to one. Taylor Moore, 75 to one. SH Kim, 80 to one. Troy Merritt, 100 to 1. Peter Malnati, 250 to 1. Uh, and then I think I'm going to add one more. It's either going to be Putnam or Power. I'll, I'll figure that out by the time I release my final article on Wednesday. Speaking of Power, Seamus, that's my first guy. Power 25. 
It's down to, I think, 20 or 22 in some places now, so I was happy with that. I missed 28, but I'll take it. The rest of these guys I got with the T8 each way. Smalley at 50, Lipsky at 70, Neesmith at 75, Grayson Sig at 100, and Callum Terran at 125. You spoke on him earlier. Really like him this week at 125. Think he can... I don't know. It just uh, seems like a better setup for him. Played good last week. I've been waiting for him to do sort of the all the way thing. And that's what we'll need here. So I'm good with Callum Terran at 125. Anybody else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, that's it, man. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gup's Corner. They got the new tools. They got the green screen. It's pretty pretty money over there. Uh, and it includes all sports. So go over and check out, check out Gup's Corner. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. People asked last week, I said, like, I let people know, but then they still follow up. The tidbits will not be out if there's a short week like last week. Like, you don't even get most of the info until Tuesday. I can't post it with like eight hours to play, basically. So they'll be back every Wednesday is when they come out. Follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. They'll be back out this week and every week thereafter that we get the Wednesday and the normal Thursday start. So you'll see that. Head on over to runpeersports.com. If you guys want to get signed up, now's the time. All sports, one price. Golf, football's over pretty much. We'll have the Super Bowl showdown. Got all the stuff with all the other sports, but golf is back. So check us out there. Use promo code TAMBO15 for 15% off your first payment. All right. So, guys, are you ready for the worst TV viewing week of the year? I am. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds.